0: Welcome to All Things Beer,
1: a Pat's Pints, Mark's Mugs podcast. I'm Pat Woodward. And I'm Mark Richards. Each month, we are joined by brewers, enthusiasts, and friends to explore the techniques, the culture, and the history of mankind's best invention. So grab a
0: beer and join us as we discover a world of all things beer. Well, cool. Here we are again with another All Things Beer podcast. Pat, good to be back. Always great to be here. Yeah, indeed. I'm Mark. And also, we've got a special guest. We're at the New Columbus location of Jackio's, talking to Johnny Clift. What's Hello. up?
2: Hey, how you doing?
0: Good, buddy. Just good to see you. haven't see seen you a while.
2: Good to see you. Hanging out here. Oh, yeah. You know, in the Jackio's Columbus. Uh, a dream that we've dreamt for a long time, That. But... Seems to be, uh, I guess guess it's got some legs. It's got a floor and some fermenters and a brew house. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: I mean, has there been any brewing going on here?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We've made uh, Ricky a couple times. Okay. Just a test batch. Okay. You know, doing it up here, uh, dialing in the equipment to our specs and sending it down to the lab. So, nothing that's coming out yet, but uh, just doing something real plain and
1: simple, getting to know the equipment. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. For sure. I mean, so for people who might not know... You're in the old elevator location on yep. 4th Street, right, mm-hmm. in Columbus. Yeah. And we're sitting here amongst the fermenters. Did you basically buy all the equipment uh, from Elevator when you took over the yep. space?
2: Yeah, this is all the equipment from Elevator. It's yeah. not
1: just on loan.
2: Not on loan. There's nothing we really brought in here, shy of a couple of hoses and clamps. Yep. So okay. This is the uh, original uh, Elevator Columbus location set up.
0: Yeah, right on. It doesn't look much different, other than the handsome room in front. The bottle shop.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: And how long is it going to be until you guys have a tap room where people can come in and drink? I know there's like a patio
2: in the works, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, there's a huge patio in the works. Also, uh, we're going to have a pretty big tap room indoors, and that should be hitting at some point. Uh, I'll leave it at some point in 2022. Okay. Right now, yeah, we got the bottle shop open right now, so all our package goods are available seven days a week. And uh, I'll let your listeners know that uh, we secretly open on Thursdays for on-site consumption eight to eleven, in oh, our little really? tap room. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's a little something we don't announce so much or put out there. We're trying to keep it kind of light.
0: No, we know that's yeah. good. Yeah. Now you well, know. plan to do a little consuming tonight.
2: All right. Yeah.
0: Jackio's got a long history. Let's just go from ground zero on Jackio's in Athens. Or well, how Jackios got going
2: and yeah, yeah. ended up
0: in Columbus now.
2: For sure. So in, in 96, Athens got its first brew pub called Ohulis. It was an Irish pub that was owned by Jim Proudy. And uh, he owned it since, uh, I think, about 89. In 96, he got a, a little... Uh, Seven Barrel System going, started making beers in about 96, kept that going. They slowed down about 2005. They weren't making any beer anymore. They eventually shut down. Our owner and a partner took over the space, named it Jackie O's, after his mother, Jackie O Strike. Started the bar, you know, where they were mostly interested in the bar business. And they knew uh, an old door guy that had worked at O'Hooley's that was an avid home brewer. And kind of on the whim asked him if he could get the system going again. They were successful with that, you know, it kind of got its legs, and uh, pretty soon the uh, the brewing took over a way bigger role than they had anticipated. You know at that time when uh, it was first Jackie O's uh, there wasn't much of a plan besides a bar with a you know a brew kit that they were hoping they could get working so you know, we had a lot of interest in it. We were maxing out in Athens, Ohio. Athens, Ohio is a very thirsty town. So we were maxing out on everything we were making down there. And um, people were just asking for the beer from Columbus, from Cleveland, you know, thinking they could just get a keg of it here and there. And we just couldn't do it. So, uh,
1: I mean, because in those days, you had to go to Athens if you were somebody like Mark and I, I mean, to get it, right? Yeah. And, so, cause, and, and even then, it probably would have just been – growler fills takeaway right yeah just
2: yeah. growler oh we didn't have growlers i didn't even know what growlers were back <laughs> yeah then. there were no i don't know if the world then, knew right? yeah Somebody nobody knew. knew someone was in a basement yeah <laughs> uh-huh. sharpening uh-huh. his skills but uh yeah back then like you know once in a while we could sell kegs to friends of ours you know if we had enough you know if it wasn't around like a homecoming weekend or a, or a busy weekend in town yeah so that grew and you know like uh, around 2010 i think we really got in, in our heads that we needed to expand. So by 2012, we did scale up from a 7-barrel system to a 20-barrel system, you know, went a lot deeper with a lot of fermentation. At that point, we were just uh, self-distributing kegs out of Athens, Ohio. You know, it was me and a couple people in an old church van, yeah, running it around the state, so...
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's surely gotten a hell of a lot bigger at this point, and... There's always something new to try down there. I also love that the original bar is kind of intact. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's nice to go on the old side. Like, yeah. it's nice to have the new side. But I, I don't know. There's just a, a good feel in there with all the wood and stuff. Yeah, and, that bar. that bar is,
2: It still appeals to me as much as it did when I first went into Ohulis. It has a very, like, cozy lodge feel to yeah, right? it. With is, all yeah. the wood, especially up top.
1: Yeah. I think I was reading that that building dates back to 1890s or something like that. oh yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure even uh,
2: possibly before that yeah. uh i've ran into all kinds of interesting stories about the place i met a gentleman that was probably about six two that told me he used to work in a bar that was in the basement there which i, I can <laughs> wow. barely stand up on and five five eight really <laughs> and yeah he worked in a basement and he said they was called the dungeon Okay. It was underneath uh, a bar called The Graduate that used to be in there. Okay, and, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, I guess there used to be a bar in the basement called The Dungeon. That but, is crazy, uh, man. Always, always hearing some interesting stories. About we're staying
1: days. with the Halloween theme here, for sure. Yeah. Now, how did you get involved with Jack Yo's?
2: I started in the first uh, year. I was good friends with the brewer, Brad Clark. We both were playing in bands a lot at the Union Bar and Grill next door. Back when it was still in uh, Grill, I told him uh, I would love to do a um, Thursday happy hour. I was very specific about it. I told him uh, I like the crowd in there. I wanted to put together a playlist. And uh, after a couple of years, I started uh, spending more and more time in Columbus, working at some different places. So I started getting in touch with all these places that wanted to carry our product, you know, that we weren't able to to give. So uh, when when we got the new production place in about 2012, I just jumped into a sales role which I've been doing um, up until uh, we got this new space. So nice to uh, move on to that. You know, for about seven years, I've been pushing for this Columbus location.
1: So Oh, cool. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. Well, I think some of the rest of us have also been dreaming about this day happening. So yeah. uh, it's very exciting for Columbus, yeah. I think. For sure.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Now... Uh, what did you do in the band? And, and, and Brad, what, is, what was his role in Were you in the same band or different uh, we
2: bands? Were, we were in different bands. Okay. He uh, was a bass player and singer, and I was just a singer in a okay. band.
1: Yeah. What, do you remember the names of those bands at the time?
2: Well, I remember them. I'm, I'm not going to repeat Brad's <laughs> band. That's for a different podcast. But uh, my band was called The Make Believes. Okay. We'll be having our 20th anniversary in June at the Union. The yeah. Union Bar. Oh, awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Oh, I'm, yep. ca-
0: I'm coming down for sure. Keep
2: your eyes out for that. Hell She'll yeah. A fun night. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Last time I saw you perform, Johnny, I had to take a brief nap because it was last call day in Athens. Oh, yeah. It a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I actually took a nap in the bar. I just like went to a table off in the corner, laid my head down on the table as if I was like a kindergarten student yeah. being told to take a nap. I was bright and ready to go as soon as you hit the stage. Awesome. And yeah, you killed was- it.
2: Yeah, it was at the Union.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That was Bosniak and the Corn Dogs. Good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, next time they have Ohio Brew Week, I'll return to it. But i have mostly uh, most years that they've been doing it, I mostly do a uh, a rock kind of showcase okay. somewhere during Ohio Brew Week down there, and cool. try to get some great bands. And uh, I know we've had we've had I headline a show down there. Well, that's sick. We did one where Mount Carmel played another where Electric Citizen played at Casa. Okay. But yeah, just yeah. lining up with some breweries and some bands. And
0: I don't know Electric Citizen, but Mount Carmel's pretty heavy. Yeah,
2: yeah. Check out Electric Citizen.
0: Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah.
2: yeah, they'll take them. Yeah.
0: Johnny, when we asked you about the podcast, what do you want to talk about? Stouts. Yeah. Jackie O's does a good job of Stouts, mm-hmm. for sure. And a long line of different varieties. I mean, you got dark app, you got one of my favorites that you have graciously put in front of us now, the oil of Aphrodite. Yeah. And that's with black walnuts. Mm-hmm.
2: A fun story about the black walnuts. The recipe wasn't calling for black walnuts when it was first made. It was actually a stout with Belgian candy syrup being made, big American double stout. And uh, Chris Schmeel, who's our county commissioner. Also, uh, Mr. Pawpaw, globally, the man in the world <laughs> uh, uh. of pawpaws, uh, you know, he sets up the Pawpaw Festival, all that. He came into the brewery and was curious if we wanted to use these black walnuts that he had just harvested. The stout was being made and uh, kind of in uh, Jackie O's spirit, we're like, yeah, we'll throw it right in. I didn't know this. Yeah. I, so there was a
0: stout already brewed. There was a and stout was
2: like... already, like that day, being brewed. Okay, cool. Like, throw it in
1: yeah nice
0: Mm -hmm. well it was a good move
1: yeah yeah i think it turned out great and around that time probably maybe dark apparition was the only stout that was in the regular rotation is this the second one basically that came online from jack yeah this
2: is kind of the the second one that really caught some steam you know and stuck around dark apparition was first made in 2007 oil of aphrodite i believe was maybe later 2007 early 2008 when it first hit yeah
1: as someone who inspired by this beer brews a beer every year with black walnuts. It's basically a Belgian dark strong with black walnuts. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the store and you buy black walnuts, they're pretty expensive it kind of makes you wonder like, well, they're just laying all over on the ground. Why would they be so expensive? So I've I've taken to foraging them and after you process them, you would understand why they're kind of expensive. It is a pain in the ass and a lot of work to get the walnut out of the shell yeah, into the beer. So whenever I make that beer, I mean, there's four or five hours spent just trying to get the walnuts out of the shell.
2: That's great that you're doing that though.
1: It's a fun beer. It's a beer de Noël. So it's a Belgian holiday type beer. Oh, cool! And I call it Noir Noir Noel, which is black walnut Christmas.
2: Awesome! Awesome! Cool. Do you roast them or?
1: Yeah, you know I roast them, uh, and I got that idea actually when I was reading Brad Clark's notes about how he does it. Okay. So yeah, I put about five ounces in, um, maybe twenty minutes in the boil, and the first couple of years that's all the black walnuts I used, and they they were roasted. But then last year, I decided to do another addition in the secondary. And that really boosted the oh, cool. aroma on the black walnuts a lot. But the roasting, I think maybe it drives off a little bit of the oil. I know it's called oil of aphrodite, but, you know, for head retention and things like that, the oil isn't great. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how the black walnuts are used in, like, the current oil of aphrodite?
2: Uh, I, I believe it's around close to, like, that 15, 20 minutes into okay. the oil. Yeah. As far as amount, I'm not too sure it's going in a uh,
1: Well, we're burning pretty, pretty different scales, yeah, yeah So yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. But... It's got a very distinctive flavor, you know, black walnuts in general. And Mm -hmm. then you put it in this beer, and you've got the chocolate that kind of wraps around it, and you've got that caramel and a little bit of roast. It's an excellent complement for the flavor of the black walnut.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: a lot of good roast in the finish. It's good and smooth. Is there any lactose or anything in this? Because it does finish just a tad on the sweet
1: side.
2: There's no lactose in this. Okay. Just a little bit of residual sweetness there.
1: I think that might come from just, in general, in these big Jackie O stouts are using a lot of different malts mm-hmm. and some of those you know specialty malts leave behind a little bit of sugar. I was reading a beer and brewing interview with Brad Clark and he, he was talking a little bit about this.
2: Yeah, so. yeah, about seven different kinds of malts in yeah. there and uh, yeah, I'm not too sure about the Belgian candy syrup. I don't know how fast that kind of gets eaten up.
0: Yeah, cuz normally yeah. that would go pretty quick. Like that, yeah. I would mm-hmm. think that would mm-hmm. be really fermentable.
1: Yeah, generally that dries it out a bit, but this beer does have a fair amount of residual sweetness left at the end now this has a
0: musical theme to it yeah big fan of music we all know this yeah. all three of us so oil of aphrodite yeah i've got to know is that a real poncho or a sears poncho <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think it's a real
0: poncho you got a real poncho yeah, on yeah. today i okay. definitely
2: get that in the uh, flavor uh, and as you can see i'm well adorned you oh know, yeah
0: yeah i can tell right away yeah. that was an authentic poncho
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's definitely, uh, there was a lot of Frank Zappa lyrics, song titles in the early days, you know, even throughout. There's been a couple lately, uh, Decorating Pieces of Time, Okay. which we released in this past year is a quote from uh, Frank Zappa in the latest uh, Zappa documentary that came out. That's oh, okay, cool. Yeah, but The Oil of Aphrodite and The Grand Wazoo, at oh, the yeah. time this was made, there was also uh, the first sour we ever made, which was an imperial raspberry vanilla porter that was soured which is some kind of a belgian sour mix okay threw in a couple carboys and yeah made the first sour which was kind of i guess well as far as song titles go the sister beer of this yeah 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 that was the
0: grand wazoo yep grand wazoo that's a good album too it's almost like a jazz big band type of feel on that album which is great Well, we got another stout we're going to
2: try. Should we just uh, should we stick with the uh, oil of Aphrodite and see what a, a bourbon barrel is going to do to it?
0: Yeah, let's yeah. try that. I won't say no to that. I don't think we can say no at all.
2: And I don't think any rinse is needed here.
1: No, we're in the same vein <laughs> here, right? Yeah. This is just the base beer uh-huh. plus.
2: Yeah, and we started our barrel aging program with Barrel Age Dark Apparition in 2007 so
1: pretty pretty early on then yeah Yeah. really
2: early on and uh just went crazy filling up that small basement or (laughs) the the dungeon the dungeon yeah filling that place up with
1: barrels yeah jack yo's is known for the barrel aging Mm -hmm. uh, not only of the stouts but also a lot of sour beers too right yeah 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 for
2: sure it's a volume wise it's a small portion of what we do but i think definitely notoriety it oh, might yeah. be the largest, you know, as, as we've kind of spread out and sometimes people come to visit us, they say, I didn't know you make an IPA, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We make a little
2: IPA. Well, yeah. I
1: mean, I have seen some of the Jack O stouts when I've been in Colorado before, mm-hmm. and I think you do send some of those uh, further yeah. afield, don't you?
2: Yeah. Yep. Some of a little bit goes overseas. It goes to so one fun place. It goes to Denmark. And from there, I can go to places like Russia. I can go to Italy. And, uh, yeah, we sent some out to Denver, California. Uh, we just sent some of our cans and, uh, some stouts and some draft out to North Carolina last week, which I'm, I'm very excited about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Two dreams coming true for me of having the Columbus place
1: and North Carolina (laughs) distribution. So why is North Carolina special to you?
2: Uh, most of my family has moved there. Okay. And, uh, kind of back to the music end of it, uh, since like about 2002, I've been playing a lot of music there with different bands I've known kind of independently from my family. So uh, kind of a home of a lot of musical friends and uh, home of pretty much all my family's relocated there. So uh, spent a lot of time there and uh, also gotten to know that uh, most people that move out of Ohio, I think North Carolina is number two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was looking for a market where uh, you know there's Ohio people that you know, especially in today's world, you know, it's like you can have great beer, but some familiarities, amazing, you know. Sure. So just send it out there to the uh, the expats, I guess. Would you would you call them that? Probably, old, yeah. Old, old I mean, word for just <laughs> leaving a state <laughs> I'll they tell you left for political reasons. <laughs> yeah, some of them might have. They might be going the other direction, but I guess that's another podcast. Yeah, I got
1: to say, yeah. sometimes
0: state to state is almost like a different country yep. these days.
1: Yeah. Well, it's fitting that some of these beers ending up in Russia. Right. Because we're drinking the Imperial Stouts mm-hmm. and, you know, the whole story behind why it's called Imperial Stout is because the stouts were exported from England to the royal court in St. Mm-hmm. Petersburg. And so I hope that somebody in St. Petersburg is every once in a while cracking open a barrel aged dark apparition yeah. or something like that.
2: Yeah. I've been sent a picture of a, a dark apparition in Italy
1: Okay, before. So
0: oh, that's cool.
2: I know that that happened.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Of the various stouts, which ones do you think are you know the most in demand?
2: Definitely, which is actually a version of the oil of Aphrodite, the Oro Negra, which is the oil of Aphrodite barrel-age and then conditioned on vanilla beans, cacao nibs, cinnamon, and habanero. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. My personal favorite barrel-age stout from Jack Yo's. Nice. Uh, that one's pretty high demand. Really? Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know that I've had that one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, it happens every year. I believe, well, the last two years, it's been a little wild ride of when it's coming out, but we'll have some in 2022. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's kind of an interesting story if you think about it. The beginning, you're in a pub, and the plan is like, well, we'll make our own beer, but really, this is a bar. That's the business mm-hmm. model. And then within a year or two, filling up the basement with barrels. Yeah. But that's not the most obvious trajectory. No. How did that happen?
2: Not at all. I think it's... uh. A vision from the brewer and an owner that was willing to go for it, that was willing, you know, to just jump on and take the wild ride. I'm sure in the last 10 years, there's been people barrel aging it and kind of seeing the promise of it. Back then, there really wasn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Especially
2: especially location wise for us. Back then, it was, let's see where this goes and try to do the best job we can. So,
1: Well, I think I read that when brad started brewing at jackie o's he had actually only made extract beer as a home brewer yeah and so Mm -hmm. you know that's a pretty big jump yeah but clearly man he had the touch for it
2: yeah he had the touch uh he went to the siebel institute yeah i think when he got back from there he really started hitting his stride yeah is it difficult
1: to source all these barrels
2: it used to be a lot easier until we started telling people how easy they were to source. <laughs> you know, fortunately, we still got some connections with some good brokers. We got a lot of barrels. We definitely got the biggest barrel aging program in Ohio. You know, once you go up to Michigan, it, we just get dwarfed. But definitely for Ohio, we got the biggest barrel aging program. We probably at any time have about 500 okay. barrels aging.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Are most of them out at the... Um Production facility now?
2: Uh, They're actually now down the street in a warehouse. We got a warehouse with a large cooler. We do some of our distribution out of there. We keep a lot of our dry stock there. And uh, a special place we call Oakland, (laughs) which is uh, all the bourbon barrels where we like to hang out and pull some nails. We should should do a podcast down there sometime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't have to twist my arm. I think that'd be great. You definitely get a touch of the barrel in this oil and it's, I think as a beer, it's like kind of smoothed out a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. How many months was this in a barrel?
2: Yeah, so that's really big for us. Uh, this one specifically, uh, well, I'm looking at the side because, uh, as I like to say, we mostly do between 11 and 13 months, Okay. which the label on this uh, differs in my saying. It says uh, this is a blend of uh, ones between 8 and 12 months. But we found that most of these beers, around 11 months, you're kind of getting that good spot. You yep. know, and if you drink it, one of our big things is you're going to feel the spirit burn like right in the middle of your chest, which we like to call like the bourbon hug. And that's one of the ways that we know it's ready. Uh, if you age it for about three months, that bourbon like spirit burn might be a little more in your throat and like okay. experience a little more similar to like drinking the spirit, you know. But part of the aging thing is taking these two big, bold flavors, taking the bourbon, the spirit, and then taking this massive stout. And actually letting them both kind of mellow out a little bit. Yeah.
1: But it works so well with this beer. I mean, you get a little bit of vanilla, which is a beautiful complement to the chocolate. Yeah. You get just a touch of the tannins from the oak. And, you know, we were t- commenting on the first, you know, straight up version. There's, there's a, enough sweetness in this beer that that adds a complexity without being harsh. You mm-hmm. know, that's delicious. Yeah.
0: yeah, I actually think the mouthfeel seems slightly lighter in this one compared to the straight up oil. It's aged, so it's kind of some of the things have dialed back a little bit and blended into one thing. Whereas, like you said, you get a little bit more of the wood, a little bit of the vanilla, and uh, it is just a little lighter than on the palate than the first one. Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: That's a good observation. Yeah. yeah. You know, a, a lot of times in beers and food and drinks in general, you know, there's that complementarity of the flavors. And if you think about a stout, you've got the chocolate malts and maybe the roasted barley. And if you've ever had a Guinness, without the nitro, just like a straight-up Guinness. You know, it's got quite a bit of, I don't know if harshness is the right word, but, I mean, there is kind of a an astringency mm-hmm. that you get from the black malts, those really highly roasted black malts. But you put that chocolate malt together with the crystal malts, which add the caramel and the sweetness, and it, if you get the ratio right like you guys do, I mean, it's just a beautiful combination.
2: It's my favorite thing about our stouts is on that finish. So many other stouts I've had in life, that astringent, like I almost call it like a curve you get at the end, and ours just has that smooth curve to it. So you definitely nailed it as far as like why I'm such a big fan of the stouts is is that finish, you know, and that, that astringency that gets in my way a lot of times. And I think we've definitely conquered more of a smooth yeah. curve on the finish, yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. That, and that is a good point, to concentrate on the finish here. Because even though it's such a big, you know, and especially the first one, you know, there's a lot of sweetness there. But it doesn't leave you that cloying. You know, I want to come back to it. And it doesn't have that harsh astringency mm-hmm. that you can get from those really dark malts sometimes. Yeah. This one has a little, you know, you get a little bit of the bourbon flavor just at the finish. just kind of like, I might say, hydroplaning, just kind of gliding yeah. out. Yeah.
0: Like it's on oil.
1: Like it's on oil. <laughs> <laughs> like it's on
2: oil. I don't know what kind of car it is. What would you say? Well it's it's hydroplane,
1: but what kind of car is <laughs> it? Yeah. I that's could,
0: a that's a good point. Yeah, what kind of car? Of
1: Aphrodite. Well I could i w I'm thinking like a old school Cadillac. Okay. Like a big I'm Cadillac. Feeling a T model Jaguar. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> wow. Is it a T model T type. T
2: yeah, type. Okay. Maybe not T model. T type. Does anybody that.
1: know what kind of car Frank Zappa drove? He probably drove a t-type jaguar i can see that you know he
2: wouldn't let any pictures be taken but yeah <laughs> he, he probably three.
0: yeah i got this suspicion that frank probably didn't drive that many places yeah I'm, I'm gonna guess he was taken most of the time i'll bet he was jumping into a vehicle with somebody
2: yeah yeah, yeah. we we were privy to a lot of stories about frank zappa from ike willis his uh, old guitarist who, yeah uh, played a lot of times at jackie o's in a band called ugly radio rebellion Okay. And uh, yeah, I got to hang out with him. He would stroll in, you know, early when I was working happy hour, and a lot of good Zappa stories were coming Oh, that's there. cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've been listening to a little bit of Zappa the last few days in preparation for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, because he would throw a lot of like Halloween concert parties. Yeah. Mostly in the 70s. And then I think the last one, I don't know if it was the last one, but. They just actually posthumously released the 81 concert from the New York Palladium.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I just saw that coming out. And
0: you can get like a box set where they've got yeah. the day show, the evening show, and then also, uh, maybe the sound check on yeah. the last disc. Cool. I don't know. It's a good listen. You got Steve Vai on guitar and, mm-hmm. and there's a song on there. Stevie's spanking him and, and Frank are just dueling back and forth. Yeah. While keyboard player singing some corny lyrics yeah. about steve i getting spanked
2: yeah well steve i was probably 12 i know it is crazy <laughs> see young. yeah 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 but yeah he, he's got some great early stuff uh i grew up first discovering steve i during like passion and warfare yeah whatever that album was that i kind of threw into like ah, this guy is kind of cock rock virtuoso and yeah growing up it was it was shocking to find out his uh his zappa involvement and Go backwards But uh, I think in the last Two years I discovered like a song Called Little Green Men Oh yeah That's a
0: good one That's yeah. a flexible album Yeah yeah That flexible yeah.
2: album Is really fun It's you know? real so, It yeah. is
0: crazy It's fun It yeah. is And it's got a lot of Zappa influence to it, it Sounds it like it As yeah. well Just in Kind of bizarre Time signatures mm-hmm. And also Alien voices you Yeah know, hey, li- 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 yep, li- yep. You know Hey like, Yeah Yeah That is a great record But He would have been Billed at that time Frank will call him the stunt guitarist which yeah. meant while well, Frank was focusing on the song and conducting and singing to take the weight off they, he would have stunt guitars he had Adrian yeah. Blue before that and so yeah Steve I came on as the stunt, stunt guitarist yeah. <laughs> I like to see it build that way
2: yeah that's great featuring stunt guitarists <laughs> listen to him hydroplane out across the stage
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: So, Johnny, tell us a little bit about what your vision of, like, when this place has reached what it's going to be, what it's going to be like down Mm -hmm. here. Uh,
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the patio is a big part of it. It's, you know, we we fell in love with the building. Like, that's one one of the things we were always looking for, I think, in the seven years that we were trying to wrap our brains around this was finding the right building. You know, we've looked at a couple other buildings. When we walked into this building, we were actually like, is this too much us? <laughs> yeah, it definitely fits us, and uh, the patio is definitely going to have some nods to some different Athens, Ohio architecture. Oh, it's that's have interesting. have a lot of brick around there. Sure. There's I- some riffs on some kind of fancy architecture. Some some buildings you'll see around town. There's also some nods to some university buildings. You know, there's a catwalk that reminds us all of like the dorms of South Green and whatnot. Yeah, I definitely want to try to have kind of an Athens feel we're in columbus ohio but you know i want everything to kind of look and taste like athens ohio okay so that's yeah even being in downtown columbus i definitely want it to have an athens ohio kind of vibe to it and uh you know it's it's pretty large it will be by far our largest space so you know we're looking forward to being able to host some bigger events that we've been able to ever host and uh Post some big weekends up here you Yeah, know? yeah red white and boom should be pretty great yeah because
0: yeah from what i saw in the drawings there's going to be a rooftop element too right yeah
2: yeah so there's a there's a large patio that's about 400 people that will be going in about that first half of that parking lot y'all came in um, yeah and that has a mezzanine above it yeah heck yeah yeah pretty excited so we'll be doing that and then uh in the room we were just in there will be we're dressing that room up to be an indoor tap room you know and from there there's also uh there's a lot more space that we could be doing some other stuff from before you know there's other rooms that the potential's really there for you know multiple phases
1: yeah i think this building does have a lot of potential Mm -hmm. and you know it's not really a knock but when elevator had it they were going for to say industrial look yeah right you know which is fine but it would be interesting to see it, you know, go in a in a little bit different direction. Yeah. Since you talk about it being like a slice of Athens in Columbus, does that mean we can count on like a big Halloween party every year? That's a really good idea.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I have not thought about that, but it makes all the sense in the world. We will.
1: Yeah. We I'll, will. We, H- we were Halloween t-
2: 2022. There we yeah. go. Yeah, a year there from we now, we'll revisit this. Maybe we can go live. I like, would like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that might be hard to go. mix. There we
0: yeah. go. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. okay. I'm sure there's not a Halloween party this year. Or the, is there an Athens?
2: I don't know.
0: I mean, I'm sure it was canceled last year because everything was canceled last year. Last year it was
2: canceled. You know, the uh, Halloween in the early days was a takeover yeah. of the streets. So...
0: I mean pretty much I, if you wanted to get arrested in the state of Ohio, you really up your chance just being at that party back in the day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the uh the arrests were massive. That's one of the <laughs> weirdest things I've seen in my life. At, at one point they had like outdoor like holding cells and just yeah. brought
0: in semi trucks instead of paddy
2: wagons. Almost. Almost. <laughs> it's a cottage industry down there.
1: Oh. How did that party get started, or what's the origins of it? I, I don't know. The,
2: the origins of it, I think it's late 70s, early 80s, people taken to the streets, you know, people pouring out of the bars and taking to the streets, and uh, went on for so long that eventually, you know, they got city sanctioned, and uh, one of our bartenders, Jonathan Holmberg, Mr. Halloween, he did a really good job of working with the city. And also working with, like, some sponsorship. So they were able to add a stage. And Make Believe's played one year.
0: Yeah, awesome. great. Probably okay. the
2: biggest crowd we've ever played for. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was doing a really good job. So, you know, over time, you know, there was a stage element to it. There was an earlier time with, like, a kid's parade and some family activities. So, yeah, I mean, it's a really special time down there. You know, it's kind of the end of the harvest season, you know, and we get – we got some good Halloween vibes down there. You know, there's a lot going on in the city and out in the hills that, you know, leans into that Halloween feel. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to see it continue. You know, it is definitely a bacchanalia, and I don't want to take anything away from that, but I think it'd become a, a bigger weekend. Like what you're saying, Pat, it'd be great to do something up here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah that'd be great. That'd be one way to bring Athens up for sure. Oh, yeah, next Halloween. for
2: sure. Yeah.
1: Now, on the Halloween theme we were talking about dark apparition earlier mm-hmm. and that has kind of a, a ghostly kind of an apparition is uh a, yep. a, a, well what is an apparition exactly
2: yeah, yeah well some people claim they saw an apparition kind of a ghostly like shape of a form in my head i feel like it's also it's always like somebody seen something that they're wondering if it was made out of smoke a physical form sure. or, yeah yeah yeah
1: it's kind of kind of ethereal, yeah, in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. ethereal thing kind oh, of right.
2: floating. And there's definitely been multiple reports of some kind of apparition, you know, around the original Brew Pub down in the dungeon, down in down the down dungeon, in, yeah, of course, which is <laughs> scary all the time down there.
1: Yeah, it sounds uh, like it.
2: Yeah, but you know, in general, also just like, you know, uh, a nod to haunted Athens,
1: right? Because yeah. Athens is known for haunted places yeah right? most
2: of the top 10 lists we mostly get in the top 10 so <laughs> yeah that's cool we do pretty good on the haunted
1: what's the asylum uh yeah there's that's, uh that's like that's one of the more better known haunted places in mm-hmm, Athens, yeah right?
2: the ridges which is now university buildings used to be uh well before i was born i think it used to be called the ohio lunatic asylum i it's like a, how
0: they just get right out there with the naming on that one
2: <laughs> you know huge place like huge uh facility and also uh agricultural element of it There's was like a dr kirk bride this psychiatrist architect that he built multiple institutions where he felt like i think he made some prisons too but he felt like patients and prisoners were just going to thrive better off like producing their own food and stuff and there's a dairy barn element of it there's a lot of land so, really interesting background on that. But, That's
0: actually uh, kind of a progressive thought, though, for someone that branded their building yeah. the Lunatic uh-huh. bench. Yeah,
2: yeah. completely <laughs> yeah. progressive thought. And uh, there's still the Dairy Barn. That was part of it. Okay. That's down on Dairy Lane. Is, That's a cultural it, arts center now. It's an arts center now, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. And, you know, you can walk. It's scary to walk the grounds. There's a lot of trails and hiking around there. Uh, I've definitely snuck in the building and been in the basement and pretty scary place uh one of the scariest i think if you can go there in the winter time and go hiking while the trees are full of ice like creaking and such okay so, yeah if you really want to get spooked out go there around the winter time and take the hike
1: oh, yeah oh, oh. in the dark maybe mm-hmm.
2: yeah 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 you gotta take it in the dark yeah.
1: <laughs> this is good because there's there's also a cemetery associated with that right
2: there's a pretty large cemetery a lot of that is some un- unmarked graves from i think two fires they had in the facility Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So they just figured the burned are the burned. Just throw them in the ground. They're On-site, yeah. yeah On-site on wow.
2: cemetery, yeah.
0: Any memorial or
2: anything to them?
0: Like in the, uh, like there, does it list the names of the people a, that were in that
2: ward that There's burned? a lot of the the graves are marked. Okay. And uh, the unmarked ones just have numbers on, on it, but there is a plaque.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah,
2: that kind of talks about, you know, why people were not named and talks yeah, about the Yeah, that's interesting. And, mm-hmm. There was also used to be an alligator in a pond right in the front of it there, if anyone wants really? to go down that rabbit really? hole and look up the alligator, yeah, <laughs> which I, I think was before I was born, but when I was a kid, I was always told, there's an alligator up there, and I, I definitely <laughs> believed it. Later, I didn't believe it, and then eventually I found out it was true.
1: That's wow. interesting. Had,
2: uh, I think that uh, somehow... I don't know what the story was, but there was an alligator living in kind of a fountain in the front of the place there. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And how
0: did it make it through the winters? Like, this is not known to be an animal of the I'm north.
2: pretty sure I looked it up in the university, you know, would uh, people working with animals would take it into this one building on, on the university site. Yeah.
0: And then just forgot to take it away. Just left it in the fountain one year.
2: <laughs> take it back to the fountain, you know, <laughs> oh, in the springtime.
0: I want to be researching this later. Oh, yeah. Sure. Look into it. This is fun.
2: Yeah. I was shocked that it was real.
0: yeah (laughs) okay so any more ghost stories so we got i mean what do we got halloween related how about how about good halloween music you got any? i mean frank Zapp is an obvious one i mean you can go later on that disc even that very song is almost got a kind of a a conjuring type of uh uh theme to it but then you know you got zombie wolf torture never stops i mean you can't go wrong with that for halloween what's uh What's some good digs on Halloween music? Johnny Halloween
2: music. I just heard a new Halloween song. Well, it was new to me. It had to have come out in the last couple of years by Surfport. Okay. And it was name dropping all kinds of uh, old like 80s uh, goth bands like Christian Death and Sisters of Mercy. Oh, really? <laughs> kind of okay. a little more of a punk song, but like, it's like, I can't wait for Halloween. I'm going to listen to Barhals and Sisters of Mercy so that was a good one uh my favorite halloween song of all time is ministries every day is halloween
0: okay yeah that's good so yeah nice
2: i love that song for halloween al
0: jorgensen would make a good halloween costume in and of himself (laughs) yeah it's
2: not even too hard you can buy the uh buy the horrible like rasta rasta outfit and maybe a steampunk outfit (laughs) yeah you gotta get some steampunk glasses going yeah you're all set get old Chicago policeman's hat, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not bad. What about you, Pat? You got any good uh, good Halloween tunes,
1: bands? Well, you know, thinking about this, I would go with a band that might not be that obvious, but if you remember the band Oingo Boingo yeah. from the 1980s, and they used to do actually a special Halloween concert every year, and... Yeah, I mean, they had Dead Man's Party might be their most yep. famous song, but they actually have a lot of songs that are sort of in that vein, Halloween-themed vein. So, for a band that maybe is not that obvious, I'd say go Boingo. Okay. Is
2: that Danny Elfman? Danny that Elfman. is, yeah. That's oh, right. I'm sure he's written a lot of
1: Halloween <laughs> soundtracks. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, uh, he did Beetlejuice soundtrack yeah, yeah. and also right, uh The, 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 the Nightmare night- Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the That was kind of like a stop motion type right, of... Uh, right, right.
1: Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he does a lot of work with Tim Burton, right? Mm-hmm, and so for sure. Doing scores. He's super talented. Oh, for and sure. So, yeah. So that, that'd be my call out. But I've got, I've got it. I'm going to go a little bit different way on the Halloween theme. Cause I was thinking about, you know, like Halloween is partly about monsters and things. And I think some monsters come up more in music than others. So I'm going to throw out just some Halloween monsters and you tell me what songs or artists like oh, we got a game. This is yeah. a game show yeah. now, Johnny. I'll start maybe with one of the easiest ones. What about uh, Frankenstein? For bands? Or songs. Or songs.
2: Obviously, the you instrumental mean, Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. doesn't seem that Halloween-y, uh, except for maybe the spooky alien abduction keyboard. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Uh, Edgar there. Winter Band, yeah. right? Yeah. Ronnie
0: Montrose on guitar on that one. Oh, is that right? Okay. That's right, yeah. Trick Frankenstein. Uh, Feed My Frankenstein. Alice, uh, Alice Cooper. Yep. Yeah right which speaking of halloween themes Alex cooper that's i mean that's just year long <laughs> yeah <laughs> every time he takes the stage it's halloween
2: yeah
1: all right zombies
2: Brocky erickson lots of zombie references in yeah kind of song i oh, walked for sure. with a zombie that's it's some good old music got a song about bermuda which talks a lot about zombieism which for some reason Makes me think of the Miami Vice episode that Miles Davis was on that goes into zombies just to,
0: yeah. just
2: to pull that in a completely other direction. Well, I guess there, there it is. That's musical because Miles Davis was on that. So yeah. I'm staying with the theme here. I
0: mean, you got the band, the zombies, and then you got white zombie. I mean, yeah. I think Rob Zombie is kind of a young person's Alice Cooper, really. Sure. Uh, you know? Absolutely. In, in some ways. So,
1: sure. Yeah. Interestingly, the band, the zombies, that we're going back to the sixties now. Not so Halloween themed. Not very Halloween-ish yeah. no. in there. That's <laughs> uh, spooky. I, at I all. don't even know why they're called the zombies. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Anyway. Uh, what about werewolves?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, werewolves of London, Warren Zevon, that's an easy one. Other werewolf, uh, I'm sure uh, Glenn Danzig like turned into a wolf a few times throughout his yeah. career.
2: Yeah, he was definitely very wolfy. Uh, werewolves. It's amazing that we can't think of more werewolf songs. Uh,
1: bark at the moon. Werewolf.
0: Oh yeah, bark, bark at, at the, the moon. moon. Ozzy. Yeah. yeah, zombie wolf. I mean, we already already talked that. Uh, that guy both covered by Frank Zappa.
2: Yeah. Werewolves. Keep on thinking. Of, I think, feel like Rocky Erickson sung about
1: a lot. I can't think of his werewolf <laughs> song. Who else we got?
0: Are we missing any answers there, Pat? Uh,
1: I can't think of any off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, I think there's a theme song to Teen
1: Wolf 2. I'm not sure <laughs> if that counts. But. Now, what you'd think be like the most obvious monster, but actually kind of tricky, would be what about vampires? Rocky Erickson. Yeah. Same, <laughs> night is the night of same. the vampire. <laughs> yeah, he comes
2: from Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads us into Dracula. A typo negative,
0: you want to get back into goth for your earlier uh, earlier. I'm currently mention.
2: into typo negative for the first time in my life. Yeah. Which
0: you is see maybe maybe the oddest soul. thing that's happening in my life right now
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think the internet did to me is you're listening to a lot of typo negative for the first time. You hated him as a teenager and thought your friends were ridiculous. But uh
1: there is something about his voice really There really is. Really it's kinda haunting. Kind of yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I saw him at the Al Rosa and thought it was horrible. <laughs>
1: Well, I tell you, I couldn't think of anything, uh, and then I Googled it before the show, and probably the song that I knew well that came up was a song by Concrete Blonde, I think, called Bloodletting, the yeah, vampire yeah. song. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is a good song, actually. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's I, an album, right? Yeah, that's the name of the album. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. album yep, and song. sure was. Uh, but then not much else. There were a couple of deep cuts, like Blue Oyster Cult has a song called Nosferatu, but mm-hmm. I don't know it. Uh, There was a Slayer song.
0: Oh, yeah. Every fourth one was (laughs) vampire-themed practically. There was
1: an old Italian, I think, film
2: called Vampirus Lesbos that had a really good soundtrack. This is about
1: lesbian vampires? Yeah.
2: Okay. The movie was. And that has a really good soundtrack that I've heard a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. There's so
1: many good vampire movies, you'd Mm -hmm. think there would be more vampire music. But in fact, not so much. Yeah. Uh, Well... Witches. What about witches?
0: Uh, Season of the Witch. That's like my number one. Donovan. Yeah. Donovan was a cover though. Who was that originally?
1: I think it was originally by Donovan. It was originally yeah, yeah, Donovan.
0: Okay. Sure. okay. It just so. said a couple other people covered it yeah. in that time. Yeah. Uh, we
2: were talking about that last night. I heard yet another. I forgot who was doing a cover of it, but, uh, some great covers of Season of the Witch. Yeah. Which yeah. I think was originally. That's just Donovan. a killer
0: song. Yeah. All together. We were I mean, trying to we figure out wrong. what is.
2: You've got to pick up every Stitch.
0: got to pick up every Stitch. Is this that is picking a up on clues or is
2: it just witch. Stitch really rhymes with witch? <laughs> yeah, is, it, is rhymes. There, yeah. it, it rhymes. It rhymes. <laughs> Was there a deeper intent?
1: Is that, is that a drug reference? What is it a drug
2: reference? <laughs> I don't know. Is it some witch reference?
1: Well, you mentioned Mild Stavis earlier. Bitches yeah. Brew. Bitches Brew. Is yeah. that, I don't know. Is that a witch related thing? No, Maybe. it
0: just <laughs> rhymes. Just like Stitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just rhymes. He had a, an album called Sorcerer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, if you
0: want to go it. into Norwegian death metal, <laughs> just every other song is about the witch and being burned and then the church is being burned after. So, yeah. A lot of witchery in there. Sure.
1: Well, we've probably taken this as far as we can go. I over. believe so. Yep. Well, let's talk a little bit about
2: Dracula? This,
1: this strip of Columbus, how many great breweries are going to be within, what, maybe two miles of each other? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of good friends of ours, uh Wolfs Ridge. Right across the street uh, with Wolf's Ridge, right?
2: Hoofhearted. That's H O O F for our at-home <laughs> listeners. <laughs> and uh Seventh Sun.
1: Yeah, seventh Fourth son. Street.
2: Uh it's a thrill. You know, it's one of the reasons I named this place on Fourth. So people knew it definitely wasn't in Athens, because we don't have a Fourth Street in Athens. And also, you know, it's with the amount of things happening here, it's good to just give it a nod. Like yeah. Fourth Street is at this time.
1: A very cool beer street in Columbus, Ohio. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, you have graciously cracked open another variant of the Oil yeah. of Aphrodite. Yeah. You? We're just going to keep on going here. Almond and Vanilla Bourbon Barrel. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, we
2: had the Bourbon Barrel before, and this is this is actually our best seller at Jackie O's on 4. Okay. Uh, this is what we've sold the most of. It's this beer right here, the uh, Almond Vanilla version. So... Just the same beer we had before, the Burn Barrel Oil of Aphrodite, conditioned on some almonds and vanilla. As if one nut wasn't enough. Yeah,
1: keep it going. Keep the nuts <laughs> rolling.
2: Well, it is delicious.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Yep.
1: Sometimes you feel like a nut.
2: Sometimes. No, you mostly do. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if know there's it. a time where I, when I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mostly feel like I'm a nut.
0: It's a bit nutty. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Yeah, what do you this think? This
0: is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It actually... uh where the last beer lightened up just a little bit in body. This one came right back up for me, at least. And it could be that vanilla giving me like a perceived heavier sweetness. It could all be in my mind, uh, but it's on my tongue. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting out of it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's really smooth. It's got like, and it could be from the vanilla too, but there's a really like creamy texture, I would say on the tongue. Yeah.
1: Cool. And you get, maybe it's just, The power of suggestion, but I think you do get a little bit of the almond in the finish. Oh, for uh, sure. Which is uh, nice. So the black walnut is maybe a little bit more evident on the nose, and then in the finish, I'm picking up the almond.
0: It's all the good stuff to go in a wedding cake. Yeah. In your beer.
1: This would
2: make a great wedding cake. Yeah. Use some in the frosting. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Probably want to go with the chocolate frosting because it's pretty dark. Yeah. We'll have to talk to our
2: bakery down in Athens. They might have done it. I have a you know they use a lot of beers and some baked goods
1: down there, and that's right because O's has a uh, small bakery. Yeah, now, yeah, we they? have a
2: we have a bakery. It used to be in the back of the brew pub in Uptown Athens, and now it has a uh, location right on Stimson Avenue there. Okay, oh, cool! That's right cool. up the street from the brewery,
1: and Jackie O's Bake Shop there. Also, I saw you've got like a like a farm place yeah. you can rent out. What's that called? A Barrel Barrel Ridge Barrel
2: Ridge Farm. Barrel Ridge yeah, farm. Barrel Ridge Farm. It does have an Airbnb on it now. I've stayed in it before. It's awesome. Okay. It's got a really cool pond. I think it sleeps uh, maybe up to 10 or 12.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Is there an alligator in the pond?
2: Uh, only during the warmer months.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Athens, there's other cool places to go in Athens. Uh, I mean, and once you start drinking these big beers, you don't want to be going home, really. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. It's so a good time to
2: stick around. Little Fish is great. Yeah. Uh, there's some great places to eat. Casanova. Big fan of that place, o Betty's.
1: Yep. yep. Gourmet yeah. hot dogs. Both good.
0: Both good. Man, that Obeddies really hits the spot too at the stuff. end of the night. Yeah. I'm <laughs> happy that they are open very mm-hmm. late.
2: There to serve you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Saved many a hangover, I think, probably. Yeah. Thanks to So, yeah. Well,
2: Johnny, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for drinking. All the different oil Aphrodites. Oh, man. And, well, thanks, thanks for laying mommy.
0: This is one of my favorite beers ever. We didn't
2: try the rye barrel one. Maybe I'll send you home with one. <laughs> no, yeah. That would be great. Yeah. And oil Aphrodite will be coming back this year's in uh, November. Okay. This year's bourbon barrel oil Aphrodite will okay. be coming out in cool. November.
1: Yeah, right on. Any other uh, big releases coming up?
2: We're going to have Job of the Stout is coming back. Okay. Oh, that cool. Good, that, that was absent, and that's going to be coming back. And a, a fresh new can. From Brynn of Deer Jerk, who's done like the Mystic Mama cans, oh, yeah, yeah. Chomalungma cans. Yeah, she does the woodcuts. So she's doing a new can for that, which uh, if you come into the store or l- later, I'll show you guys the woodcut I actually have up here. Oh, yeah. I saw it. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's cool. It's a little bit different thing. And we actually just today we released Brave Noise Pale Ale, which is uh, it's a beer that a lot of breweries are doing. And it was started by Brynn Allen from Notch Brewing Company. I don't know if y'all saw on Instagram, she kind of had an open forum of people to discuss different issues of of assault, sexism, racism, uh, aggressions in the uh, brewing company, and and sadly it was massive, you know, and there was a lot going on. I think the positive thing is this is coming out as a brave noise. So uh, we got a brave noise. I get, Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're going to take 75% of all the money from it and give it to the Survivor Advocacy Outreach Program, which is around the Athens area and works with those that have been victims of domestic violence.
1: Cool. Yeah. That is awesome. Yep.
2: It's good to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had it yet, but I've heard good things. It's about 4.5. People have described it as a a smoother who cooks for you.
0: Oh, that's Um, Cool.
2: That's okay. that's what the word on the street right now. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's
0: a smooth beer too.
2: Yeah, I'm hearing some good things. I'm hearing about a couple of coconut notes in there. Huh. So, yeah.
1: Well, I have a feeling that by the end of the night we might be able to report back on uh, what this tastes like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. in line. All right. Cool. Cheers. Thanks so much, John.
2: Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Thank you.
0: Cheers. Have yeah. a great night and uh, listeners, thanks for listening out there.
2: Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>